Welcome to the Achievable FINRA Podcast. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. We have an affordable FINRA courses for the FINRA SIE, Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66, with industry best pass rates. Each Achievable course includes everything you need to pass the first time. A full textbook, videos on key topics, thousands of questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like our style, you can use the code PODCAST to get 10% off at checkout. Now let's get started. So today, we have Ken Finnan back on the podcast with us. Ken, do you want to give a quick about you? Sure, I can do that again. Um, so again, <laughs> I worked in the business for, I'm going to, it sounds like stupid saying it over and over again, but um, I worked in, the, I've been working in the business since 1989. I worked on the stock exchange, and then I just started teaching as an aside, and then it just built and built. I was kind of good at it. I explained stuff in a very straightforward, like no nonsense way, almost too fast sometimes. And I simplify everything down, hopefully, that people can understand it. And then I just started doing this. And I got my YouTube channel going. It's a lot a good following going on. And here I am trying to help out. Yeah, just passed a million views, right? That's yes, cool. Yes, I'm very happy. 12,000 subscribers and a million views. Super happy about that. Very cool. Well, thanks, Ken. And appreciate you being on the show. Uh, and today we're going to talk about something that's on Series 63, 65, and 66, which is RAA exemptions and exclusions. And so RAA is Registered Investment Advisor. Do you want to just give a quick overview of sure. what that means for people so, who maybe haven't heard it? Absolutely. So an investment advisor is a firm. It's always a firm that their only job is to give advice on securities, only securities. They give advice and they make money that way. So like... If I told Tyler, hey, buy IBM here, and it was just as a friendly thing, I'm not an advisor. But if I started mm-hmm. charging him for it, I would be. So again, the mm-hmm. biggest thing is it's a firm that makes a business of giving advice on security. Right. And probably an important corollary to that is that you cannot charge me for financial advice without a firm. Yes, exactly. Which needs to be registered. Right. And yeah. that would be, an, and if I was, if I started a firm and, and I charge you, I would be an IAR. And you would pay the you would pay the investment advisor, not the investment advisor rep, and then they would right. filter down whatever they wanted to give to. Right, so, exactly. Okay, perfect. So, the investment advisor they give advice. So I always say, remember ABC: advice, business for compensation. Mm-hmm. And there's some rule. And and what happens is they either have to register. Now, whenever you work in the securities business, you have to register. Broker dealers have to register. IAs do. Now, one thing. People don't realize investment advisors actually can't execute orders. They actually mm. have to give it to a broker dealer. Only broker right. dealers, FINRA members can execute broker transactions. So even an IA, if you gave me an order as an investment advisor, I still would have to send it to a broker dealer for execution. So all I do is give advice. But I can get paid commissions. I can get paid um, fees. I can get assets on a percentage of your assets. I can even in some places get a percentage of your performance and all that other stuff. So that's where that is. Now, if you do this as a business and you are meeting the definition of an investment advisor, you have to be registered somewhere. So it's either the state through the administrator or with the SEC federally. And that comes down to a few different things. One, you register. If you're under 100 million, you're most likely 100 million under management. You're most likely going to be registering with the state. Now, there are exceptions. We'll get there. But if you're under 100 million, let's just say state advisor. If you're between 100 to 110 million, you can actually choose either state or federal. 
Never both. Remember that. It's never both. It's either state mm-hmm. or federal, never both. That's the biggest thing to get into your head. But once you're over 110 million, then you have to register with the SEC. There's no exception. Now, if you're under 100, again, state always, unless you are an advisor to a mutual fund or investment company, or you have, or you're registered in 15 or more states. If you're in 15 or more states, you have to, you can, you can register with the SEC. I think there's one more actually, which I found in my research um, for the Series 65, and basically using that as a way to get accredited. Sure. Um, you you pass your 65, you get accredited uh, by basically starting your own RIA. Yep. And then the way that you can register with the SEC with no limit, with no like bottom limit of 110 million, is you have to give financial advice exclusively through an online tool. Right. On, right. Okay. Fair enough. So yep. that's like one last little one. Yep. So, you know, I always forget that one. Like a little, I'm old. I a little always website. That. Screw the website. Yeah. yeah. So if you're an online <laughs> advisor, you're going to register with the SEC. Absolutely. So that's true. And, yeah. But everyone asked me that. That's a great question. So say, we know that the chain, well, we know, we should know that two years ago, they added to the accredited investor having a series seven or a series 65. Mm. Okay. Right. Plus, uh, plus the 82. So I get a lot of questions from people going, Hey, if I just get the 65, am I accredited? It has to be an active 65. So it actually has to be held by an investment advisor. And like you said, a lot of people can just do their own and not really do anything and just have it. But you can't create the IA just to be an investor, accredited investor. They have a lot of rules about that. Like you can't just create something to meet the definition. Yeah, you have to actually like do some real work. Yes. Or you have to attempt to do the real work, right? So, right. So that's the, so now the other one, and one more for it to be a, a federal covered advisor is if you're a consultant for a pension plan of two hundred million or more. Mm-hmm. So if you're not work, not advising them, but you're a consultant, then once you do that two hundred million or more, you have to register with the SEC. So remember, so that's an exemption. If you are registered with the SEC, you are exempt or excluded, whatever you want to call it. You are exempt from registering with the with the state. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't have to register at all. So even if you have an office and a million clients, you do not have to register on the state level because you can't do both. But here's one thing. So if you start federally, you're 110, 115, and then you have a bad year like this year and you go below 100, they don't automatically make you pull your registration. You can go – their minimum is like 90. As long as you stay above 90, then – then you can stay federal because once you're there, they want you to kind of stay. They don't want you to go back and forth. If you it's go, super messy to go yes, back down. Yes, yeah. of course it is. And remember, ten years ago, it used to be twenty-five. Anything over thirty million was federal. So they kind of clean that up a little bit. Um, the other part is, this is how much they don't want you to go on, go on, go back to state. If you go under ninety, and you won't get mm. back within, say, I'm not a date person, 120 days. You're supposed to, you're supposed to pull your registration and go to the state, do an ADVW, withdraw from the SEC, and enter into the state. But you don't have to do it till 120 days after the end of your year. So literally, if it happens in March, you have a year to get back up above 90 before you have to pull your registration. They really make it so you can stay. When I started one like 10 years ago, we didn't have the 120 in the time, and we just kept getting extension, and they kept giving it. Because mm-hmm. registering with the state is just no fun. Okay. Now, so we have the investment advisor. If it's federal, we're done. We're kind of done with that. Okay. If yeah. they're federal, they're SEC, we're good. Now, 
if we're under 100, if we're under 100 and we register with the state, there are times when we wouldn't have to register. So if you have either an office or, or more than five clients in a state, you have to register in the state, obviously, unless you're federal. So if you have no office and five or less clients in the state, you don't have to register. That's like one of the big exceptions. Okay. Isn't that, is that, that's still true, right? Even if you have, let's say like 89 million with those five clients. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you could have four clients in all 50 states and only be registered in the one where you have the office. Like you, if you have four clients in Alaska, four clients in, in, in California, four clients in Washington, you don't have to register unless you have an office. there. Right. But there's no, like, just to be clear though, there's other than the pain of, registering because it's a uh, a pain in the butt let's say right there's no like there's no other reason why you wouldn't want to register like if you could get 10 more clients right. in your state like yeah, you of would, or you in a different mm-hmm. state yeah, yeah. you'd still want to it's so well worth it. you don't want to be registered where you don't have to be right but right. it's not a big deal so like for the longest time ohio as an example had their own rules remember the usa writes the rules it's like a template and each state can choose which rules they want to follow so for the longest time, Ohio said institutions, which is not retail, were only banks. So we had an investment advisor. We had to register in Ohio. And then I remember around 2015, they put, they said, you know what? We're expanding our definition of institution. Banks, hedge funds, broker dealers, big corporations. So the second that happened, we pulled our registration. Because it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. You just, why add a regulator to the mix? Like too many chefs, Right. So yeah, if, I, if, exactly. I, if I don't have to be registered, don't make me be registered. And it's cheaper. You don't have to pay for it. But you're right. If you, You're not going to turn down the sixth client because you don't want to be registered. That's money. Right. Why would you turn that down? Yeah. Okay. And it's a lot more money than registration costs. The yes. registration is not necessarily cheap, especially if you use a consultant. Right. Exactly. So we're there. I mean, that, and that's the other thing. So there's a lot of people out there who help you do all this registration stuff. And one of these times we can talk about how to become an RIA. And that will be really fun to do. Um, yeah. Now, so let's say you're a state level IA and you have five clients in the state and no office. You don't have to register. But once you get the sixth client or you slap an office in there, you have to register. Now, there are some exceptions to this. So there are some things that do not meet the definition of an IA. Banks, banks always think banks are like ghosts. They like they're nothing. They don't register as an issuer, a broker dealer, an IA. They, they must have really good lawyers to make sure that nobody can regulate them <laughs> other than the banking industry. In reality, it's more because they have laws dating back to the Magna Carta covering what they can do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the new rules don't apply to them because they're exempt. So banks are always exempt as anything. Okay. Then we have issuers. If you can issue a security, you're not a broker. You're not an investment advisor. Broker dealers are not broker dealers who give advice incidentally. Like if you work for a broker dealer, you're going to tell people what to do. You're going to say, hey, buy this, buy that. Don't buy this, don't buy that. As long as you're not charging for that advice or charging rap fees, you don't have to register. You're exempt because you're not doing it as an advisor. Agents, because mm-hmm. agents are individuals, right? IA is a firm, not an individual. And IARs are not. So bro- so remember, banks, issuers, broker-dealers, IARs, and agents are not investment advisors. Those are Those are the big, big ones. But then we. That's interesting that IARs aren't. That's the most surprising one. Right. To me. Well, because it literally it's investment advisor representative. Right. But this is why I try to say, no, I get it. So what I'm trying to, I try to instill that to everyone. Let's go both. Broker dealer is a firm, agent is an individual. 
They cannot, neither mm -hmm. one of them can be the other thing. Okay? And the, they use the word person in a very general term. A person is anything that can sign a contract, but it could be a firm or an individual. But a naturalized person is either an agent or an IAR, not a firm. So IA is right. the firm, IAR is the is the individual. And that's hard to so get into. So would you say corporations legally are people, but they're not citizens? Yes. Is that, yes. That's such an interesting. I know. So rabbit. that's why they, they always fear is that they're going to give them their chance to vote, right? I mean, because they're personal. <laughs> so we don't they want them do. voting. Yeah, I know. They of vote course they do. Money. Of course, they just throw <laughs> money at somebody and they vote, right? Um, so individuals are IARs and they'll never be an IA. Yes, there's one exception where if an IAR registers as a sole prop with his IA, technically he's an IA. But I still I still go with he's an IAR for his own IA. Like if I started the Ken Finn Investment Advisor as a sole proprietorship and I'm an IAR for them, I'm not the IA, my my I my sole proprietorship. Well it's like you said, RAAs are always firms. Yes. Just stick with that. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. there's one more exception to this is if they they use an acronym called LATE, L-A-T-E. I use PLATE, P-L-A-T-E. So these are individuals or firms that give advice all day long, but not personal and not as a business. Publishers, mm -hmm. lawyers, accountants, teachers, engineers. Mm -hmm. Publishers, lawyers, accountants, teachers, engineers. They do not meet the definition of an IA as long as they don't charge a separate fee and it's just incidental to their business. Like, look, if you have an accountant and at the end of the year, they go, you need deductions, okay? <laughs> so, um, and he, he goes, you need to buy munis or you buy something like that. He's giving you advice as an accountant, not as an investment advisor. Mm -hmm. So he's exempt from that rule. Right. And he's charging you for his accounting services, not for his investment advice. Yes, exactly. Lawyers, same thing. They do it all the time. As long as they don't charge separate, we're good to go. If they charge a separate fee, they try to trick you and say, Oh, the lawyer charges a lower fee for investment advice than the legal advice. It's still an advisor. Um, they say if you hold yourself out as an advisor, then you're considered an advisor. Mm -hmm. So that so even if you advertise and you have no customers, you're an investment advisor. That's kind right. of where we are with it. Right. And the advertising having no customers is also how people have used that as an accreditation loophole. Yes, exactly. Because um, you still have to, like you say, you still have to try. Yeah, but you, can, you have to make some you can, effort, right? You can fail. <laughs> exactly. So the big takedown on this is IAs, remember, IAs register either SEC or state, never both. And IAs are persons, but they're always firm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hope that helps. Yeah. Yeah, that does help. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay. This has been Achievable's FINRA podcast, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Ken Finnan on the show today. Achievable has courses for the FINRA SIE. Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66. You can try each of them for free at Achievable.me. And if you like it, you can get 10% off by using the code PODCAST when you check out.